The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to uh, What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick Six Podcast, mm. CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I am Robert Williams Brinson, your host. I'm from High Point, North Carolina. Live in Raleigh. Joining me, three very good friends to break down the NFL trade deadline show from Syracuse, New York. A longtime NFL writer and a man with a tattoo. Two tattoos, actually. Ryan Wilson. From Nashville, Tennessee, wearing a white hoodie, formerly of, I don't know, maybe a paper in Georgia or something, John Breach, and all the way from Boston, a lifelong Patriots fan, a man who would ditch his fiance for $6 million, mm. Tyler Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully. How are we doing, guys? What's going on? I'm doing well. No one got traded? No one on the podcast got traded? Thought I was going to get yeah. traded to a different podcast today. I, I did for a few minutes today, actually. Um, <laughs> anywho, it's Pick 6 Podcast, trade deadline day. We got a bunch of trades to get to. Easily the wildest NFL trade deadline day in league history. It's like it's a just an inarguable, concrete fact based on all the different things that went on throughout the day. We had Bradley Chubb traded. TJ Hawkinson traded. Naheem Hines traded. My guy, Naheem Hines, straight out of Garner, North Carolina, baby. From the Colts. Nice. We'll get to that in just a minute. I'll ask you all first. Uh, we'll, we'll ask you first, Sully. What was your, what was the most surprising trade for you and or what was your favorite trade? Most surprising was the Calvin Ridley trade to Jacksonville. My favorite was Bradley Chubb going to the Miami Dolphins. So whichever one you guys want to dive into, that, uh, those two I, I, ones I think come the, out. I mean, the Ridley one is like, like kind of crazier because I don't, I just don't ever recall a suspended player, uh, a player suspended for gambling being traded in the middle of his suspension. Um, but I do think the Chubb trade is uh, probably the bigger one. Yeah. Um, they got a, the Dolphins give up a first round pick for him, which Sully now uh, concludes their business with the 49ers with those three first round picks, right? I mean, you look at what they were able to get out of those picks when they traded up for Trey Lance. You, you know, collect a package for Jalen Waddell. You partially get it with Tyreek Hill. And now you're sending partially to get Bradley Chubb. So those are three pillars to your offense and defense. I just can't imagine, like, a, a more impressive return when it's collectively looked back at. You couldn't have hit this any better if you were the Miami Dolphins in terms of what you got in return for this deal. I, I tend to agree with you. And the full deal for Bradley Chubb, Wilson, uh, involves Chubb, Going to Miami for a 2023 first round pick, the San Francisco, a San Francisco pick, obviously. Which, yeah, if you're if you're Miami, it's like a risk free. You're not giving away your future first. You're giving away 
San Fran's future first, which, you know, if your team falls apart, you don't feel bad about it or as bad about it. A 2024 fourth round pick and running back Chase Edmonds in exchange for Bradley Chubb, who presumably the Dolphins are going to give a lot of money to over the next hmm. six months. Yeah. And they also got Jeff Wilson from the 49ers and, you know, days after they got Christian McCaffrey. So, it's getting the band back together from San Francisco for Mike McDaniel on the one hand, adding an edge rusher uh, and Bradley Chubb on another. And Breach, how much better are the Dolphins in terms of like how many games behind are they of the uh, of the Bills in the division? And are they the second best team in that division far and away? They're two games behind the Bills, tied with New York. No, no. In in terms of like, what does this move move do for you in terms of where oh, this, this moves a much closer? Thank you. NFL.com slash standings. <laughs> well, I, I thought I was going to go from how many games they are behind and whether or not they could catch them. So if you right, let me ahead. finish, instead of interrupting Brenton, uh, I could get to my ultimate points. Um, but yes, so they are two games behind the Buffalo Bills in the standings. Uh, and you're asking, does this one move, does this make up those two games? Is Bradley Chubb worth that? And I'm not sure they can make up the two games because the Bills are so good. But what I think this move does is it makes them a much more viable contender in the postseason. Because, look, if you want to beat Patrick Mahomes, if you want to beat Josh Allen, you only have to beat him once. It, you got to get after the quarterback. And so now that you have Bradley Chubb, you're, I mean, the Dolphins did not have a great pass rush. You throw Chubb in there, that makes everyone else better because teams are going to start focusing on Chubb. Uh, and if you can cause problems for Mahomes, if you can cause problems for Allen, that makes those teams much more beatable in the playoffs. So this might not be enough to get them over the hump to win the division, but I certainly think it gives them a better chance to uh, at winning the Super Bowl. So uh, our guy, Stephen O sports line sent out the, the simulations and Miami goes from 9.1 wins to 9.4 wins with Bradley Chubb and their division. Uh, the chances of winning the division goes from 1.8% to 2.4%. So basically what, what you said in terms of numbers there breach, I think that's right. And I think the, the issue is once you get into the playoffs, it's all about one game, and Bradley Chubb gets two sacks and, and a and a strip strip sack fumble. He's worth it. They get you to the next round of the playoffs. It, it, it is telling, by the way. I think that um, their chances, Sully, improve 0.6 to win the division, but 0.5 to win the Super Bowl. Like like usually it is the total opposite way, but that's just the nature of being in the same division as the Bills. Uh, the playoff percentage is only only jumped 3.9, which is. I would say maybe a little bit low. You know, the fact that Chubb is worth 0.3 wins when um, is, is is pretty good. Yeah, and so something that we were talking about too before before this show, we did a you know a pre-show coming up before the deadline, is that this is a big picture topic for the Dolphins, but it, it is telling that they are all in now on Tua Tunga Vailoa, giving up away all of these first round picks. The fact that they are going all in from what they've seen from him so far, I don't think should be overlooked here for this deadline. Obviously, Bradley Chubb, the addition of him is huge. It's going to help them this season. But long term for this team, they're telling us that they're not going into the draft to grab another quarterback. Tua Tungavailoa is their guy outside of maybe swinging something crazy in the offseason for a trade for a veteran. But what we've seen so far, this seems to be Tua's team going forward. It feels like this is kind of one of those solidifying things to say that they he, they have, he has sold them going forward as their franchise guy. Let me ask you this. Who makes a bigger impact this season the rest of the way for the Dolphins? Jeff Wilson or Bradley Chubb? Hmm. I think uh, Chubb. I would say Bradley Chubb, but Chubb. I, I, don't, I don't think your uh, thought process in asking the question is crazy because the you know Jeff Wilson knows the system. Good runner, explosive. We'll we'll probably you know we'll have a package of plays. He's ready to get in immediately. Um, I think Wilson can be an impact guy, but um, you know he's he's still not starting ahead of Mostert. It's probably a 50-50 tandem at best, right? I mean, yeah, probably sixty. I, 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 I mean, I think it'll probably be. I mean, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert were on the Niners with Mike McDaniel when he was the run game coordinator and offensive coordinator. So probably just look at those splits, and that will tell us exactly what we're going to see. Or you just play the hot hand because, you know, because Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle are the main weapons in this offense. So it's just, hey, we're going to ride at running back, whoever looks good. And, and most of us looked really good this season. But, you know, it's nice to have a guy like Wilson who can walk right in and understands McDaniel's system uh, and, and should be able to jump in there right away. Sorry, I was uh, – so Brandon Cook's not traded. Um, I was just looking at a tweet that he just sent out. Uh, after after the trade deadline passed, five, about five minutes ago. 
Don't this is Brandon, official Brandon Cooks with the check mark. He's gonna have to pay eight bucks a month for that. Don't take a man's kindness for granted. Covered for the lies for too long. Those days are done. Cross the line with my play. Cross the line with playing with my career. Oh my, that is uh, certainly an interesting take from the Texans wide receiver who didn't get traded. Yeah, notable that he didn't get traded. Cam Akers also not traded. It's kind of you know curious to see what's going to happen with both those guys. I don't think that they would get released, but I guess if Brandon Cooks goes like scorched earth on the Houston Texans, then I don't know maybe. Listen, like, I don't know. I don't know what the money is, but that's and, and, and while we're talking not trading, we'll get to the Bears trading for Chase Claypool in a second. The team that didn't acquire anybody, Green Bay Packers. Ryan, you wanted them to give up three first rounders for Will Fuller two years ago. I <laughs> know he's still available. By the <laughs> no, way, actually, he retired, so he's not. <laughs> no, he can um, retire. You can just you can put the papers, the retirement papers, in the shredder and get back to it. That's true. Will Fuller could come back and save the Packers. I don't know. Uh, I, I say this all the time. I when fans realize that the front office and coaching staff are not doing the things necessary to be successful, that to me, that's why there's so much frustration with with fan bases. And the Packers have historically been really good, and the wheels are coming off in real time, and they're basically on axles right now, but still grinding their way towards the cliff that they're going to invariably go over uh, in weeks, perhaps sooner. So I don't know what the thinking is. I don't know why you wouldn't try to trade for one of these wide receivers. I, I have no like rational explanation for why they wouldn't do it. Just the same way I have no rational explanation why in the deepest draft class in the last 500 years, they traded up for Jordan Love. But here we are. So I don't know if Aaron Rodgers gives a crap at this point. Maybe he doesn't. I would imagine if he's tuned in at all, he's not happy about it. But again, what are you going to do? Well, and there were reports that they were in play for Chase Claypool. And imagine the Packers getting outbid by the Chicago Bears. I mean, I was, was going to say, do we think, is that, has it been reported that that's what happened? Is the Bears had to cough up their own second round pick to go get Chase Claypool? I mean, that would explain why, you know, you thought they overpaid. Oh, well, and- yeah, we haven't even talked about that. So, I mean, just to reset it for the, for the actual podcast, Chase Claypool to the Chicago Bears for Chicago's second round pick. And was there a fifth in there too? Was there four? Was it just a second? I felt like there was one more. I thought it was just a second. It was no, confusing. It. Just, just, a just a second. second. Okay. Because there was thought that they may be giving up the, I forget. There, who were, you... there were conflicting reports. Yeah. So Roquan Smith traded from Chicago to Baltimore. A second round pick was included in that deal. Um, and there were conflicting reports out there about which second rounder was going to the Steelers in exchange for Chase Claypool. It is the Bears' actual second round pick, which in my opinion – is way too much to give up for a player like Chase Claypool, who's two and a half years into his into his rookie deal, and will be looking to get paid this offseason. Ryan, do you disagree? No, I don't disagree with any of that. But I mean, in terms of, uh, yeah, he's going to be looking to get paid. But he's he's in year three. He has one more year a, left. Do you think the Bears overpaid or no? No, I don't, right. and I don't think they overpaid because they have a huge need there. He's now the best player on that team. Breach mentioned there was competition from the Packers potentially, and that potentially changed why it wasn't a the the other the the Ravens second rounder ended up being their own second rounder because they had to up the price to get him. And I would imagine, you know, there's been talks of Chase Claypool being traded for 10 days now. So this isn't a surprise that more than one team may have potentially been in the running for him. Are the Bears better today than they were two hours ago? Yeah, they are better. Uh, offensively anyway. And, you know, the talk in the offseason was well, they drafted two defensive backs with their with their first two picks. They didn't have a first round pick. That's great, but Justin Fields is uh, the loser in that situation, and that sort of bared itself out over the first two months of the season. I think now he's playing better. The offense seems to be trying to to uh, amplify what Justin Fields does best, and now he has someone to throw the ball to who's above 5'8". Those are all wins in my book. And we just talked about Brandon Cooks. Do you think he's like literally reading the NFL rulebook right now trying to figure out if he can trade himself to the Packers? Because that would have solved a lot of problems for everyone. Well, the great thing about Brandon Cooks is this is the only way he'll be able to play for every single NFL team. He can't stay more than 18 months in one location. He's got to get in and out of there. So I understand his 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 up, being upset about this. The thing about Justin Fields, too, I, I do feel like his play over the last few weeks is almost being rewarded here. He is yeah. showing over these last couple of games. I was in Foxborough when he destroyed the Patriots. He's playing really well right now. It, it, you know, he was he was surprising to me seeing him live. How impressive he was moving with his legs, throwing on the run, things that I didn't think that he was really you know capable of doing at the NFL level. And it, it was, I mean, the takeaway from it was, 
wow, if they had some weapons with over $100 million in salary cap space this offseason, they could really build something around him. I don't know if they need to go into the, to the draft to get a quarterback or anything along those lines. And so now at least you're starting that building process of building an offense. Yeah, maybe that second round pick's a little high because your record's not going to be that good. So that second round pick's going to be relatively high. But at the same time, I do think, very similar to what we were saying about Tua, this move is almost a stamp of approval for what they've seen from Justin Fields so far. Yeah, and, and look, I want to be clear. I like the idea of going out and getting help for, for Justin Fields. I have said repeatedly throughout this offseason and early in the season that that the Bears and Ryan Poles, their first-year GM, and, and Matt Eberflus, their, their coach to a degree too, have done a disservice to Justin Fields by not acquiring anything, by not signing anybody, by not you know trading for anybody um, on offense, like their their biggest offseason investment on offense was Velas Jones Jr. in the second in the second round. And I understand they didn't have a ton of picks. I like going to get Claypool. I think he's a good fit across from Mooney and with what Justin Fields does and sort of the style that he plays with. I think they gave up too much for him. He was but they wouldn't they wouldn't have gotten him if they didn't give up what they give up. That that's that is that is true. Probably fair. <laughs> I guess my question would be if they've the taken the Ravens second round pick that would be a lot more palatable well Will my question would be would you have liked it better if they traded that second round pick for Brandon Cooks no I, I would Claypool is better than Cooks so, so you'd rather so it's not necessarily well, that's an age and production right and so I, but I'm saying like out of the wide receivers that I guess were available at the deadline he was the best one right but, uh, yeah like getting Claypool is a good move in a vacuum for the Bears but it is very likely that you're going to end up giving away a better pick than the one used to actually select Claypool two and a half years ago, which to me is just bad math and, and bad process in terms of what you want to see from your general manager and how they evaluate picks and, and et cetera. Like, I don't know who the, you know, I saw, I saw a tweet out there too. That was like, here are the second round receivers taken in the last two years. You know, how many would you take over Claypool? And, and that's a fair point, but I think, I, I I want I want the second I want my if I'm the Bears and I'm trading away Roquan Smith and and um and and Robert Quinn and very clearly like putting on the tank shoes I want my second round. I don't pick. think they are putting on the tank shoes. Tisselli just talked about the ass whooping he witnessed in person. <laughs> that was just the spirit of George Hollis Hallis coming in and and Papa Bear refusing to let Belichick uh, break his record on Monday. All right, let me ask you that I get. I think sometimes, and I'm guilty of this too, hanging on to draft picks too. But long. why make why make a trade for Claypool and give up a second round pick if you're tanking? That's the right. That's what I'm saying. Because you're an idiot. I, I mean, you rarely see a team that is both buying and selling at the trade deadline. Somehow, <laughs> you, you rarely best. see a team that is giving away a a superstar defensive player in Roquan Smith for a worse <laughs> pick than what they are giving. For what they're gi- gi- giving up to get Chase, like Chase Capel, who is that's not necessarily uncommon. It just, I would Clay, say it's fairly uncommon. Chase Capel is in Clay, Chase Capel. <laughs> Chase Claypool is in year two point five. Uh, he's had a fantastic rookie season, so you know what he can do. Uh, Joe Musso has entered the chat. He wants to know what the column number Musso is. Musso can he, jump in here if he wants. He has to defend his his honor. Send him the link, Bill, uh, Billy. If he's not on, but I, I don't. I mean, I. I like, what does Chase Claypool need to do for you in order for this trade to be worth it? Because I feel like you don't know what you're getting when you enter. Bayless Jones was a second-round pick, and he's had a rough go of it. He can't catch punts. He's not doing anything offensively. Claypool, you've seen him have success. So what are you looking for? I mean, for? Bayless Jones literally cost them a game in the right. commanders when they he muffed the punt. And then Claypool the threw a left-handed touchdown game. last week. That's all I'm saying. Would you rather have a guy who can throw a left-handed touchdown or a guy who muffs punts? <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, tell me, tell me production wise over the next two months, what does Claypool need to do for you to be okay with this? The pick needs to, the pick needs to not be in like the top five of the second round for me to be a top no, 10. Claypool's year. production. What do you need from the next 10 games or whatever? How many games I've left? I, I don't care. I don't know. Like, no, well, I mean, you're, you're, I, I don't think that against the move. Well, I mean, are there, I mean, are the bears trying to win this year? Yeah, I would say yes. Uh, I would say no. A game you can't trade Ro- Roquan Smith and then say you're trying to win this year. Roquan Smith didn't want to be there and they weren't going to extend him. That's the reality. Well, you you would get a third round compensatory pick for him when he left anyway. He may have been unhappy and that may have been sort of I don't know the details, but I'm just I'm just speculating. Like there are reasons to get rid of players. <laughs> but he, yeah, he, so do you want to keep that guy around? Is all I'm saying. You're the Bears. You're only a game if you're out of to win this year. Yes, you're only a game out of the final wild card spot right now. There's no reason 
in a in a NFL where most teams are just mediocre, just exactly average, there's no reason you can't compete. And like I was saying too, Fields has been playing at a high level over these last few weeks. They are like, all right, let's let's not only let's. It's not like they're buying for just this season, right? It's not like this dude's going to be a free agent next this off season. He is under team control through next year. You have a bunch of cap space. You know, I don't think he's going to be. I mean, yes, he is going to be the number one for this team, but I don't think he's a legit number one wide receiver for an offense. But at the same time, you do have to help Justin Fields at some point, right? Why not get some rapport now going into next year? Again, I'm with you that the price is high. I don't. I would. I think everybody would have liked it much better if it was the pick that they got back from the Ravens. But if that's the price, that's the price. Musso with the old. Uh, I don't want to talk to Brenton in person, so I'm just going to share my comment. What did he say? He said Claypool ceiling justifies this deal. He's not played at that level, but he fits the need. This is a 2023 move. Why wait till the draft to start rebuilding? What do you think about that? I think that he's saying that this team is rebuilding and not playing to win this year. So are you okay with the move in that? No, what? I'm not okay with giving up a high second round pick for Chase Claypool. But wait I a think- second. If they if they go eight and nine, that's not a high second round pick. It's a middle of the road second round pick. Okay. I okay. I that the the they gave up too much for Chase Claypool. Okay. That is my stance. I think they're tanking because I don't think you trade trade Roquan Smith if you're not tanking. And so I think the Bears are tanking and gave up a high second round pick for a receiver who has a year and a half left on his rookie deal and doesn't have a fifth year option available because he was second round pick. And well, they got a, they got a second round pick for Roquan who has a half a year left in his deal. So it's like they traded Roquan Smith. They were going to lose Roquan Smith anyway. That's the thing. So it's like, why not just get something in return? And they got a second round pick, a fifth round pick and a player. But, but our, your suggestion boss, is that they're playing to win this year. Our well, boss Eric K says draft picks are overrated. Uh, worth noting, he is a Washington Commanders fan, so he has some yeah! some expertise oh! in that arena. Okay, but then, but then I agree with EK and the Rams. But I then think- your point about Roquan Smith doesn't make any sense either. Like, why are you trading Roquan Smith for draft picks if they're so overrated? But they're also adding Ch- Ch- Chase Claypool and giving up a draft pick. Would you trade? Oh, okay, whatever. Like, we could move on from this. I think it's a bad trade. <laughs> If, if he's awesome all year long, if he catches a thousand, has a thousand receiving yards for the rest of the way home, you guys could dunk on me all you want. Giving up a high second round pick for Chase Claypool is too much. Let's revisit this conversation in three years. So mark it down. Or three months. Three months. Whatever. Let's three take a break when we come back. Will Naheem Hines be getting a Super Bowl ring in the near future? We'll tell you next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Some running back trades. We mentioned Jeff Wilson to the 49ers. Chase Edmonds from the Dolphins to the Broncos in the Bradley Chubb deal. And at the last minute, my boy, Naheem Hines, straight out of Garner, gets shipped from the uh, location known as Indianapolis to the best team in football. The Buffalo Bills. What a win for Naheem Hines. And a loss for Zach Moss. <laughs> yes, yeah, Zach Moss traded from Buffalo to Indianapolis. Uh, so here's my question. And Bills fans got extremely angry at me for saying that James Cook was basically a reach with a second round pick, going back to the second round pick conversation. Uh, they wanted to use him like Christian McCaffrey. I get that. It hasn't quite worked out yet. It certainly could. But they were in the Christian McCaffrey conversation reportedly. 
10 days, two weeks ago, whenever that was. And now they've traded for Naeem Hines, who does similar things. Where are we on James Cook? Depth piece? I don't know at this point, right? I mean, he looked good in the passing game uh, last <laughs> week. But other than that, nothing that crazy. But this is a role that they've been looking at for a long time. You, you talk about Christian McCaffrey, but go back to the offseason. This team was trying to get J.D. McKissick, and it felt like they got him for a second. Then they somehow ended up back with the commanders. And so they clearly feel like they have a need here. And, and whether whether James Cook was filling it or not, you know, in short spurts, they felt like they needed some more consistency there. And now you're adding that piece, that type of pass-catching piece to this offense. I mean, even Devin Singletary was catching like five passes a game, it felt like, for the last few weeks here. You add now a more proven piece like Naeem Hines. Again, just another dangerous weapon in that Buffalo Bills offense. I, think I I love the move for the Bills. Like they needed, they you know they had there was buzz about them being maybe in on Christian McCaffrey, and obviously I'm not going to suggest that Naeem Hines is as good as Christian McCaffrey. But for the relative price, I think it's a, a very smart move for Buffalo. You get you don't necessarily you don't just don't they have like Devin Singletary's like had really nice spurts this season. Um, you know James Cook is is a, is a rookie, and you have Hines who is just a dynamic pass catching back that can run between the tackles, and you can split out and sort of move around. So I, I mean. Like I, I'm, I'm probably higher on Naheem Hines than most people, and because I'm, I'm biased for, um, uh, uh, wherever I'm pointing. Obviously, oh no, he's got uh, the jacket on. Long time listener, first time caller. A couple things for the guys. <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? Nothing. Just had to chime in. Came in on the tail end of the conversation. First, uh, first. Now, now you're an official friend of the podcast. Fr- uh, I, I expect. Don't tell him that he's going to hang up. Nobody yeah, promos yeah. this podcast harder than me on our air. I know you're, 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 right you're truly a friend of the podcast, but but by making an appearance, you could you are now classified as a friend of the podcast. It is a, it is a distinction I'm quite proud of. Um, couple things on, on all of the above here. Will it is an overpay? There's no question right, about that. You. As I wrote in in the in the chat where I live here on Sundays, <laughs> the ceiling that you're hoping for justifies it. But I'll ask you the question of like. Just and Tom Fornelli, I'll, I'll steal this from him. Can we speak out of both sides of our mouth here and chastise the front office for not in their first go at a draft, not addressing what their quarterback needs and sort of leaving that dangling of whether or not this is going to be the guy? This is an admission that Justin Fields is the franchise quarterback of the Chicago Bears. That is a step forward in that locker room. That's worth something. Sure. The talent that you're putting on that offense with Justin Fields and that skill set that's going to make everything easier for not just Justin Fields, but for Darnell Mooney. We've talked about it a million times before. Darnell Mooney would be a fabulous number two to someone's number one. Is Chase Claypool a bona fide number one? It's what he was drafted to be. Is he that right now? Not yet. But a strong physical deep threat with a fast prototypical 2022 wide receiver underneath it it's not something that Bears fans have been privy to ever. I think this is so exciting. And would I have loved it to have been the Ravens pick? Yes. But but it's not. And it is an overpay. You got to pay to play. And I believe that this is the start of the rebuild. We weren't going to wait until next April to start rebuilding this football team. This gives you nine more games of continuity with Chase Claypool and Justin Fields. I'm leaning into the positive here because it's too easy to be negative as a Bears fan. So, Joe, um, someone in the comment asked, and they don't know the backstory to the orange coat. So you have to give um, us a, a full a full few look and then explain what's going on there. So right about now, it, outdoors becomes unbearable in Chicago. So this is a <laughs> double-lined, see me in the north end zone during the extra point jacket. Like, Love you don't it. miss me on TV if I'm in that end zone and I have this jacket on. Because there's orange, obviously, in the crowd. <laughs> look at this. Moose there could sell water to a fish. Not, oh, yeah. not this orange. Not I this. Don't know, I'm like, I'll, I'd like to chip in a second-round pick to get Chase Claypool here now. <laughs> <laughs> I've, only, I've only come to sell Will Brinson. I do, I, I do, I do think that the, the, the field things matters because we, we've talked about this a bunch of the show where <laughs> this offseason you sort of felt like, like d- does the new regime like – Justin Fields, they didn't get him anything except Velas Jones Jr. this offseason. So, again, like getting Claypool in a vacuum, I like. I think he does have upside. Justin Fields needs some help. He's a guy, too, with like the freelancing sort of playground style you, you think could work with what Fields does well. I think they gave up too much in terms of the pick. And I'm, I'm worried that when you see what polls did this offseason and then you couple it with an overpay right mm-hmm. in the trade deadline, that you have to at least have your like antenna up 
in a Ryan Pacey kind of way that maybe he's not entirely uh, schooled in the competency of, of being a general manager. Where I will push back there is that Ryan Pace, his activity came on draft day and felt knee jerk. Yes, sure. this is close to another um, flag in the ground moment. Like we're talking about the trade deadline where maybe you are overpaying, maybe you are overreacting, but this is, I don't know, this in a way feels um, proactive and not reactive. It's proactive to the need. It's addressing the need. And it's not getting fleeced out of picks that you didn't need to move anyway. I just think that this is a um, this is the step forward for fields, for the offense, for the franchise to start saying. And I guess the thing that bothered me, what you guys are talking about, is uh, the, the tank. Yes, you want that first round pick to be as high as it's going to be because you have so many needs to address here. But painting with a broad brush, talk about the, I mean, I'll defer to your guys' expertise here on the talent pool right now coming in 2023. How many of those needs can we successfully address with two picks, three picks in the first 60 picks of the draft if the Ravens are going to be really good? You give one of those picks away, you address one of those needs right now. Is the talent pool, uh, are you going to get two surefire guys at, let's say, eight and then early second, late second? I, I just think, proven asset over pick is sort of the thought process that your Los Angeles Rams have ushered into uh, <laughs> into this era of the NFL. Will Brinson F them picks is what you're saying. Uh, I, I can't picks. speak to the, I can't speak to the nature of the wide receivers coming into that would be available in the second round. Obviously that's like tough to do. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know um, I, I do, I do want to, people are like, well, look at the, second round receivers taken in the last two years. Like you're definitely taking Chase Claypool all over them. And this is where I would say, well, let's, let's, you know, we, that's a short sample size. You know, let's go back to 2020, right? Um, T Higgins, Michael Pittman, you got DeAndre Swift, uh, Jonathan Taylor also taken there. LaVisca Chenault, not great. Cole Komet also taken uh, in that draft in the second round by the bears. Uh, actually five or six picks before the Steelers took Chase Claypool. Um, Jalen hurts in that second round. Yeah. So this is where, and I think not to go turn this into a Bears podcast, I'll let you guys get on with it's your It's already there, Musso. It's already there. But this is where player development becomes the actual issue at the NFL level. We just assume that all of these buildings operate at a high level because it's NFL football. It's not how it works. And the Bears building has been the exception to that rule. We now have to trust not in the players, but in those that have to develop the players. So I think that you could do the revisionist history thing and look at all of those names, I mean, connect them to the coaches that are coaching them. And I think there's the answer to your question. But continue to do the Lord's work, fellas. Uh, we appreciate what you do here on the Pick 6 Podcast. Thank you for a moment. And it's always bear down. It's always bear down. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. You're the man, buddy. Love you guys. See you soon. <laughs> guys are an evangelist. I know. I mean, we had like the, the chat's like, I mean, not that the chat turning on me is unusual, but it's like they're like, yeah, but, yeah the whole chat turned into Bears fans. I know, I know. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's move on. We talked, I mean, Hines, we talked about Claypool, we talked about the one deal that we sort of glossed over in, in this just trade deadline. TJ Hawkinson, and we're not glossing over it, it's a huge, it's a huge trade. It was, it was sort of the earliest one, um, where it's like, oh my god, that's. That makes the day right there. Hawkinson from the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings. And then everything kept you know unraveling in terms of uh, craziness. Hawkinson goes to um, a division rival, which is kind of crazy. Breach? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's the most surprising part of this deal is that I don't know what the Vikings and Lions are now best friends and not division rivals anymore because they made a trade in the draft where it felt like uh, the Lions trade up to get Jamison Williams. And it felt like probably they got the better end of that deal. Um, but this one, it, it feels like the Vikings got the better end of the deal. And the Lions are waving the white flag on the season. Like, imagine being a Lions fan where you've waved the white flag on every season for about the past 50 years. And you're already doing it again. Uh, you know, and maybe Hawkinson, you get rid of him now because you don't want to sign him to a big extension. But then you're also saying that we made a bad draft pick, uh, which they seem to do often. But if you're the Vikings, man, now you have you add TJ Hawkinson to Justin Jefferson to Dalvin Cook. I mean, the offense was already pretty loaded. And now this is basically Kevin O'Connell and the front office saying, all right, Kirk, we are putting this on your back. Don't screw this up. We got you all the weapons you need. Uh, so go get us a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I'll be interested to hear what you think about the compensation in terms of good or bad, Brentson. But I'll just say this first. My buddy, Michael David Smith, who we used to work with, is now um, at 
Pro Football Talk, he, he's a, a longtime Lions fan, and he tweeted this out three hours ago right after the trade. The multi-decade rebuilding cycle for the Lions alternates between telling the fans they have to be patient because they have good players who so just need time to develop and telling fans they have to be patient because they trade away those players to draft picks. And that is what it is to be a Lions fan, and it doesn't appear to be – it feels like they're spinning their wheels, and the only thing that changes are the faces. It's like a conveyor belt of faces, and you're in the same place. Well, I mean, you're coming off the past couple of days here, too, where you're firing your defensive backs head coach or your defensive backs coach. Now you're trading TJ Hawkinson, one of the faces to your offense, former top pick. You know, at a certain point, if you keep losing here, too, you're probably going to see a total change of the guard. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm changing my tune on Dan Campbell. When they fired, when he had to fire a coach and, and he was a defensive backs coach, mm. like, yeah, and they're trading away Hawk. It feels like this team is knocking on the door of a total rip down and rebuild. And, you know, it, it, you're getting all these picks and acquiring all these assets to now try to potentially, you, you would assume, right, have the have the capabilities of moving around the draft board and maybe get a quarterback. So now you're talking about potentially moving on from Jared Goff and, and doing that whole thing. So so would you say, Sully, that the Lions are tanking more than the Bears? <laughs> it's it's a tank off in the <laughs> NFC North. That's that's what it is. The Lions are just bad. At this point, I think it's just it's a, um, a, it's a lot for the, it's a lot for the it's a lot for the Vikings to give up. But like the Vikings are six and one, and just put Irv Smith on injured reserve, and don't really don't have that elite tight end that they want for that offense, and so they're able to get it from a division rival. I, I don't like giving up a second round pick. You know, it, it, uh, it's a bet. It, if you're a six and one, giving away a second round pick and leading the division is better than giving away a second round pick. If you're uh, what are the three and five, three and five, and you're and you've traded away some of your best defensive players, you also have to look at the context a little bit too, though. I mean, the Vikings, we, yeah, we all kind of pegged them as a potential team to take a leap this year, but you know, pe- pegging them to potentially do it and them actually doing it are two different things. It's a down year for the Green Bay Packers. They do not look like they are going to make much of an impact. They are finally saying, "Hey guys, this could be our year. Let's go for it. Let's not sit on the sidelines and all of a sudden say, yeah, this is good enough." You never know what the Packers could do this offseason. You never, you never know what could happen. They could be right back in this thing next next year. You're six and one. You feel like you're just a piece away. You just lost your tight end. You said, "Well, yeah, let's go for it." You never know what can happen with Philadelphia. You never know what can happen with Dallas or San Francisco. Put yourself in the conversation, and like Breach was saying, let's see if Kirk Cousins can do it. Because if we're probably, we're going to get our answer, they have a great record. They're going to be probably the division leader. They're going to have a home playoff game. We're going to know. Whether or not good or bad, Kirk Cousins can thrive with the what seems to be the ideal situation around him. You also with the with the Hawkinson situation, you have his fifth year option next year, which transfers over via trade. You have the ability to franchise tag him, and I would guess. I mean, I, I would just and look the same thing. Hopefully, applies to the Bears here too, and, and and the Dolphins with Bradley Chubb. Like if you give up the, if you give up a first or second round pick for a young player and don't sign him to an extension, then that's that's really. Uh, questionable. I mean, obviously, you would think Chicago's has plans for that with Claypool this offseason when he's eligible, or maybe the season after that. Um, I would guess the same thing is true with the with the Vikings here. Like, I think T.J. Hawkinson's freaking awesome, and you know, to me, getting him to pair with Justin Jefferson to you, know, you have Adam Thielen there has been you know, a little banged up in in recent years too. It gives you a lot of depth. Not, not a lot of depth. It gives you a lot more star power at that position than you even have with Irv Smith. Um, who, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mind the deal as much as I mind the Claypool deal. Yeah, I like them both. I like them both for both teams. Actually, I, uh, I think what MBS said about the Lions is 100 percent true, and that's no grand revelation. It's hard to figure out what they're doing. High hopes for them coming into the season because, like you, I was buying into Dan Campbell, but it just the defense stinks. They make so many stupid plays offensively at the worst times. I am interested, Sully, whether Jared Goff is going to be the guy or not because he has exceeded my expectations coming from LA on this Lions team. But there are moments where you're like, okay, I mean, can anyone win here? So I don't know what their plan is with all these draft picks. I don't know when they're going to get better because it it feels like they're stuck in Groundhog Day. And I don't, I just have no answers. Like, I, I think Jerry Goff could probably start somewhere else, too. I mean, he would be an upgrade for, I don't know, 10 teams just off the top of my head. But, man, I, I don't know how you fix this team. Breach, how do you fix a terrible football team that's been historically bad forever? You have some history with that. Uh, well, you have to get lucky with a quarterback. Then you have to pick that quarterback's college teammate wide receiver. <laughs> uh, and then that's where you start. Okay. And so the Lions aren't anywhere near that. And that's the thing is that the Lions are stuck in this weird football purgatory where 
if you're sitting, if you're their front office and you're sitting there in February saying to yourself, man, do we keep Jared Goff or do we let him go? And you bring a new guy in and he's not as good as Goff. Then you're just back where you started, except you have a guy in a rookie contract, which is nice. So maybe you can add some pieces around him. And so it is a huge risk. And and the Lions have proven over and over and over that they're not good at making these decisions. And it's just no matter who's in charge there, they just keep making boneheaded decisions. So I, I don't know how you start the rebuild of the Lions, but obviously the quarterback is the most important position in the NFL. So you got to start there and figure out whether you're riding golf forward or you're trying to cut ties with him mm. uh, in the near future. Mm. Pimp it ain't easy breach. It ain't. Sure. Ain't. All right. Um, the, the, the lions, the lions are just, it would be frustrating to be a lions fan. Calvin Ridley. Did we talk about Cal? We, we need to talk about Calvin Ridley in full, right? God, we talked about it on the, on the, the pre, yeah. oh, the pre podcast. See, pre-pod, I, can't yes. I don't know what's real and what's not. It's like know, the matrix. Yeah, exactly. Calvin Ridley suspended for the 2022 season traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars by the Atlanta Falcons in what is, um, I think a pretty good gamble. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> turns out the Falcons can actually parlay. Ugh. These jokes didn't work. <laughs> These jokes didn't work on the pregame, and you're going right back to boo, my, boo, my lord, boo. Look, hey, the pregame show is just a teaser, okay? That was- oh, ho, ho. Boo! Uh, I'm gonna okay, hang up. Three in a row was impressive. Hey, I didn't- not, no, but it would be rude to hang up in the middle of a podcast. Um, the Calvin Ridley trade was Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars. And in exchange, this is very complicated, so hold tight. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Um, <laughs> in exchange for a 2023 fifth-round pick and a 2024 fourth-round pick with multiple conditions attached to it. If Ridley makes the roster, is on the team in Jacksonville in 2023, that 2024 fourth-rounder becomes a third-round pick. And if the Jaguars ink Calvin Ridley to a long-term deal, which I'm sure there are conditions to that too, that pick then becomes a second-round pick. So if if Ridley is on the roster and signs a contract with Jacksonville, the Falcons can get a second-round pick in 2024, which is really, really intriguing. Um, we're not even guaranteed, Sully, that, that, that Ridley is going to play um, in 2023, although one would think that he hasn't been betting on FanDuel this entire uh Season. One would hope. That could get him in a lot of trouble. And the most hilarious part about it is the game that he gambled on was against the Jaguars. With the Falcons. Jaguars game. So it's, just, it's, it's just the perfect trade all the way around. I mean, I like it from a Jaguars perspective. I really don't know how you can't because you're talking about adding someone who I think is going to be like a legitimate top wide receiver in the league. You know, I, I don't know if you want to call him top 10, top 15, whatever you want to call it. But he's someone who you could slot in and make life tremendously easier for Trevor Lawrence, and we, we talk about these young quarterbacks and how we want them to develop. Well, adding a legit wide receiver to this to their offenses, we've seen help them tremendously. And so when you have a guy like Calvin Ridley when he's on the field, we all thought that he was going to be someone who projects to be a legit starting guy. So for me, I think it's great. I, I think he pairs pretty well with what they have already. And if you're talking about the development of Trevor Lawrence, this is a move that you're going to have for the next few years. Obviously, it doesn't matter right now. So ultimately, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah, I agree. The three guys they acquired this offseason, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, are the three leading receivers on the team. And I think next in line um, will be Calvin Ridley. Doesn't it, doesn't put, it, doesn't it like, like the pecking order is so much, makes so much more sense when you put Ridley at the top of that. Absolutely. Because the whole conversation in the offseason was just Christian Kirk worth all that money. And look, I don't, I'm not mad at Christian Kirk for signing the deal. It's, it's a matter of can he be as productive as the Jaguars want him to be. And he's done a good job, but I think he's at his best when he has a DeAndre Hopkins opposite him. And that's what Calvin really pro- provides next year. And I think to your point, Sully, this makes life eminently easier. For Trevor Lawrence. So hopefully Breach will quit throwing interceptions in the end zone and costing Jaguars the games. Yeah. And if you're Jacksonville, and again, this is a bizarre trade. You know, you don't see uh teams calling up and say, Hey, you know that suspended player you have? We're thinking about trading for him, even though he's not even allowed to play for the rest of this entire season. But if you are Jacksonville, you do realize that you have Ridley under contract for one more year. So it's kind of a free uh 
the, the trial run. You're getting the, the old test drive where you say, all right, if he plays well and he still looks productive after his year off, then it looks like a smart trade. And if he doesn't, the conditional picks make the, the trade for lower picks and it doesn't hurt you that bad. So I do feel like from Jacksonville's end, it, it, the trade made plenty of sense. This might have been the most sensical trade, most even trade of the day. And if you're the Falcons, you're like, man, we just got rid of the guy who's suspended, who's not playing anyway. We got a couple draft picks out of it. So we're happy. Both teams went home happy. I think the other takeaway for me is that this is just a more conservative approach from teams not wanting to risk drafting players who are unproven. Claypool, the Bears know what they have. Even if you have to wait a year on Calvin Ridley, you know what you have, and he's he's special. So I think that's worth the wait. And I have no issue with the the trade compensation this deal either in terms of the Jaguars. Because the Jaguars, when you look at their sort of advanced metric football outsiders, they're like a replacement-level team, although they, they've lost five straight now. They should be playing much better. And a lot of it comes down to the terribly crappy quarterback play at the worst possible moment. So if you can help them out, you know, why not? Yeah, the other thing, too, is um... – the the idea that you know you you'll if if Ridley doesn't come back and play for the Jaguars in twenty twenty three you give up a fifth and a fourth like that's that's burning draft capital but I like the fact that it's like an escalating conditional situation for Jacksonville because if and I don't actually I assume you can't negotiate a contract with a suspended player I don't know I haven't read the CBA that deep into it well, the surely surely they can't do a deal with Ridley now I mean no they could talk to his agent and. You know, figure out the the parameters for winning. Like if like if I'm Jacksonville, when he's reinstated, I am trying to get a deal done quickly because Ridley only has one year left on his contract, that fifth year option, which told uh, as a result of his suspension, and I want to try and get him under market relative to before he comes out and has like a huge year, and then you know you have to franchise tag him, et cetera, et cetera. So, but what if he doesn't have a huge year? Then you're in a <laughs> Russell Wilson situation. <laughs> well, I don't I, know if there's a. But, like I mean, I was saying while, while you were gone, I was saying I would do the exact opposite. I would make him play out the year. I'd be willing to pay the tax because I don't want to give a big contract to somebody who might end up flopping. Uh, and I, I, was think thinking, I was thinking like low ball, low ball. Contract. Oh, he's not going to do and that. That's, a, that's kind of an interesting question that that Will was kind of you know brought up there. If they do, and I don't know the I don't know the stipulations of the trade specifically, all the all the you know escalators and all that. But if they do franchise him, does that technically count as a new contract, and that would bump things up to a second round pick? I would. Or did it have to be a multi-year extension or whatever? I think long-term Long term was the phrase used. Okay. We'll have okay. to see it. Um, and it's probably written in the parameters of the trade deal, and it probably says it has to be a two-year or a three-year. Like, I'm sure the multiple, exact – Multiple-year contract. Like right, the franchise, right. Yeah. Because if all of a sudden you're talking about having to pay him the guaranteed dollars and giving up a second-round pick, that almost makes it less likely for them to do that. Um. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Actually, uh, let me let me just clarify this a little bit because okay, this is this is if he makes the team, it's at least a fourth. If he hits playing time milestones, it becomes a third. Sorry, I had misread that earlier. And then if he gets a long-term deal done, it's a two. I'm trying to see if there was long term would say beyond one year, though. So. Yeah, I, I would think well, yeah, it'd have to be. Yeah, I would think it would have yeah, it would, so the, the franchise tag probably wouldn't count. Right. And yeah, I wouldn't think so. Although the franchise tag deadline, obviously before the draft. So you, you, you clearly have to know before the 2024 draft, what, like what's done and what qualifies. So that'd be interesting to see as well. Um, man, I mean, that's just, like, that's a lot to like, that's a difficult negotiation where you're trying to figure out all those, uh, all those details. And by the way, it is, um, if he gets reinstated by a certain date, it becomes a 2023 fifth. If he is not reinstated by a certain date, it becomes a sixth round pick in the in 2023, the 2023 draft. So a lot going on there. But I would think franchise tag does not count. No. I, I mean, think of doing all that negotiating for this guy who can't even play this year. I know. Wow. Uh, all right. Let's take a break and we'll come back and talk some more trades next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. What trades am I, what obvious, we'll do some winners and losers, of course. That's what we do. Padded. Winners and losers. But Here, um, I, have a, I have a quick question from Victor Garcia in the chat. This is a good question. And you, you have five seconds to answer. Who should be angry if we're not getting traded? Brandon Cooks, Elijah Moore, or Cam Akers? Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. I'm, I'm going to Elijah Moore. I was going to say Elijah Moore. Did you see what he said about Zach Wilson and whether they have chemistry? Uh, no, I didn't see that. I don't know. He doesn't throw me the ball enough. Are, are we saying who is angrier or who should be angrier? Whatever. However you want to take the, the question. I mean, Brandon Cooks is basically like, I'm going to go scorched earth and tell everyone about all the lies that happened in Houston because you've messed with my playing career. Say, hey, buddy, didn't he sign an extension in Houston? Brandon Cooks is going scorched earth. And at least if you're Elijah Moore, you play for a five and three team. If you're Cam Akers, you just want a Super Bowl. If you're Brandon Cooks, you are toiling away for arguably the worst team in the NFL. You were hoping to get out to greener pastures. And they said, no, you have to stay here and lose games with us. And we don't care about you. And he's, you know, venting on Twitter. So I would say, I would say Cooks. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I, I think, but going into the deadline, like, yeah, we're hearing it now that Brandon Cooks is like going scorched earth on the on the Texans. But going into the deadline, I think that's what me and Wilson were thinking. Like, he was not happy and he was not afraid to tell anybody who had a camera or a microphone or whatever that he was not happy with the situation with the New York Jets. Now, how does that play going forward? We could see a very similar thing with Elijah Moore. Like, if all of a sudden he's like, you know, every week doing a press conference where it's like, yep, Zach Wilson just hates throwing me the football. That's that's a little <laughs> bit untenable. If he wants Zach Wilson to throw him the football, he needs to wear the other team's shirt. <laughs> Zing! Oh! Up high! Down hard! Brady Cooks tweeted, don't take a man's kindness for granted. Covered for the lies for too long. Those days are done. Cross the line with playing with my career. Bow and arrow emoji. He Sounds is, like uh, me and Wilson on the show with Brinson. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Breach is this, Sully, I don't know if you've been introduced to passive-aggressive Breach, but he's still reeling from the loss last night that the Bengals took at the hands of the Browns, and he he will lash out. He's not, he's not, you don't want to be the, the target of Breach's anger when he's, so I, when he's I sort of love it, because usually I'm the one yelling at, at Brenton, so it's nice to have someone else join me in, in that little VW bug going down the street. <laughs> in our clown car. In our clown car. Uh, one more question, and then, then we can go to the winners lose where we're going to get next, but, um, uh, Ali and Atkins, I think, in the in the chat, ask how mad we talked about this in the pre-show. How mad should Aaron Rodgers be because all the wide receivers went to other went to teams not named the Green Bay Packers? Very, yeah. Should I, be mad I mean, if you're the if you're the Packers, I mean, let's just take out. You know, let me ask you this: What are the Packers thinking over the last three years of the wide receiver? Just just explain to me, like, give me a logical explanation. Like, why would they do this? We have Aaron Rodgers. He will make anyone look good. That's, that the only, that's the only logic I can think of. The okay. Packers are pretty steadfast in their belief that you don't. They they are they are like they are a dra, they are draft pick holders like me. Now the usage of those draft picks could come. You could call that into question. Certainly, mm-hmm. um, I, I I think. Look, I don't think the Packers should give up a second round pick for Chase Claypool, just like the Bears shouldn't. I think they could definitely give up a second round pick for Elijah Moore, who's somebody who could work underneath and has been playing in a in a for. Matt LaFleur's uh, brother or Matt LaFleur's brother in his offensive system and understands that system and could easily make the transition. Can I ask I, a neutral observer questionnaire? Sully, is there any rational explanation for not giving up a second round pick for Chase Claypool if you're the Packers, but giving up a second round pick for Elijah Moore, who has caught four balls in two years? You should have made either one of those deals. Well, Elijah Moore's contract is, is it, he's, a, he got a year. he's got one more year in his deal. They're both second round picks. Okay. I'll say this though. Does it change anything if Tomorrow or next week, they sign OBJ. And here we go. They're just like that. Just like me, me and Victor were on the same wavelength. Right uh, there the health thing is the only thing that concerns me. Other than that, I, I, there's no reason not to. Oh, well, I would say the other thing that concerns me is does OBJ want to go to a team that's currently three and five? That's I'm true. Odell, I'm that's saying, true. let's see. Here's what I want to avoid. Cold weather. 
and a team with a losing record. And uh, the Packers checked both those boxes of teams. And and he did want to go there. Are the Packers tanking by not trading for a wide receiver? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. For a quarterback. Odell did want to go there last November, and then the Rams swooped in and took him. So, you know, maybe it's an option, but I don't think it's an option you can count off you're the Packers. The only thing that I would say with that is that, you know, again, it's it's spinning it in a bad way for not doing anything. At least you could say to OBJ, well, you'll get a lot of volume. There's a lot, a lot of targets to be had in Green Bay. Not really fighting for much. When is OBJ definitely going to be able to come back on the field? I mean, like he tore his ACL at the Super Bowl. I man. thought I read a report recently that it was, you know, like December or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, it was supposed to be mid-November. Now it seems like it's been pushed back to November. And as far as he goes, uh, he was tweeting with Marcus Spears a couple weeks ago. And Spears made a list of teams Odell should think about. And, he, and Odell said, I like that list. And it was Chiefs, Packers, Rams, Bills, and Ravens. You think? You think you like that list? Well, <laughs> if he tweeted that list again this week, now the Packers are three and five, he might say, I like everyone on that list except for the Packers. Okay. He's, he's willing to go to the 2021 Rams, the 2020 Bucks, or the uh, 2019 Chiefs. Like, I will go to play off teams. He is, he is interested in, in joining. He's breaking Patriots. news here. He's, he's down yeah. for whatever. Oh, seven well, I feel like they're available. The, like he's, you know, I'll, the Chiefs I'll, trading for Kadarius Tony might say, yeah, I don't think we'd be interested, no doubt. The Rams might not be any good by the time Odell's looking to sign with someone. You know, if the Rams are four and seven, uh, I, I don't think Odell's going to be interested in playing for a team that has no shot at the playoffs, which leaves the Bills, the Ravens, and... I, I, I love that the, the Bears the Bears are pushing hard for that seventh seed, but the, the Rams, just you know, they cannot be involved in the playoffs. Obviously. Well, it's different when you're Odell's choosing a team. That's the difference. Okay. This is not maybe, making a trade where the player the has no say in it. Maybe he should sign with the Bears to help their playoff push. Maybe he should, but he would pick the Packers before the Bears, who have a better quarterback. Um, I agree. Okay. You guys with everybody. Uh, by the way, there were actually like two trades that snuck in at the deadline. Uh, the Falcons traded for Rashad Fenton from the Chiefs for a conditional seventh-round pick. Spicy. And uh, I believe, yeah, Buffalo uh, got Dean Marlowe. From the Falcons for a seventh round pick. Falcons. Did the Falcons lose their fax machine? They had both these trades right here at the deadline. God, that that was the previously like wildest trade deadline day ever. Was that was the Duberville thing was on the trade deadline day, right? I think so. I feel like it. Now you could just send an email, but my man was trying to use the fax. Like, what the hell are you talking about with the Duberville thing? So, Sully, before you were born, thank you. There's this thing called fax machines. Yes. And um, John, was it Elway? Uh, no, it was in, it was before free agency, so it wasn't okay. It, it was it was they had to yeah they had to like get they were faxing in something to trade him before free. It was in the off season, but they 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 messed up and didn't fax something correctly, and as a result, they had to let him go. Um, it was it was it was uh at the time like one of the wildest NFL off season stories ever. Twitter was only twenty four only twenty fourteen. It wasn't even that long ago. So still using fax machines back then. The agent was promptly fired, and Dumerville ended up in Baltimore eventually, I believe. Yes. Love Elvis Dumerville. Also story. worth noting, um, Steelers trade for William Jackson the third from Oh, yeah, that was the other one. Yeah. The Commanders, formerly of the Bengals. And do you know the fun story about Will Jackson breach? With his uh, the Steelers wanted him. And who did in, they take in the, the draft? Uh, they took old uh, Artie Burns, I think. In 2016. The man's name is – Burns is in his name, and you draft him to be quarterback. That's like drafting a quarterback named Pickett. What do you think was going to happen? <laughs> Jesus. So we get William Jackson the third. Uh, draft your receiver whose like, last name is Slow. I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Our kicker, uh, it was last name's McPherson. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I missed it. Sully liked that one. Good. Or – or like like you draft a kicker whose name is like oh no uh, what's his Blewett, name Blewett Blewett Chris Blewett from Pittsburgh yeah it's like don't draft Blewett so the Steelers got help uh, there um, Rashad Fenton is interesting to me I wonder if the Chiefs are, are happy with Josh Williams their third round pick out of Fayetteville State shout out to Fayetteville State uh, who had an interception a few weeks ago and Jake Martin the offensive uh, excuse me the, the linebacker got traded uh, from the Jets to the Broncos for a fourth round pick which seems sort of rich. For a linebacker, oh the uh, the Broncos also got a fifth round pick in that deal, so maybe that evens it out. But I think that's it in terms of the trades that happened today. And you know, William Jackson, I will say, had a decent career with the Great Bengals, career. absolutely. And then he Former went to Washington. Pick. Apparently, didn't do his homework on what the Commanders were going to do with him, or the Commanders lied to him to get him in the door, or he just had money signs in his eyes. Said, "Oh, you're going to give me that much money? I, I am gladly going to sign." Yes, Brinson, first round pick, twenty fourth overall. 
Uh, and so, you know, and, and he played a lot of man while he was with the Bengals. He was asked to play a lot of zone while he was in Washington and Ron Rivera's defense. And that's just not his game. That's not something he thrives in. Uh, and so I do think he will play much better with the Steelers. He might not really, really kind of botched by all parties involved there. Right. Like, yeah, I'm not, you know, like why, if you're the commanders, why are you signing this guy? If you're going to run a system that he's not great at, why are you giving him this money? Yeah, like, and if you're William Jackson, why are you signing this contract to go play with a team? That's not a great schematic fit for you. So it was really a weird situation. I do think he could end up playing quite a few snaps for the Steelers. It's like year. not having the kid talk before like marriage. You get in there and it's like, oh, 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 oh. Like four years in, four, four years into your relationship. You're like, I don't want to have kids. You She's like six kids. What? <laughs> so you've got. I got to have a donation. Six million dollars, six kids. Which, which, <laughs> yeah, I don't know which one we're doing at this point. Dollars, you got as many kids as you want, man. Hopefully, that's, that's, that's true, right? Belly. Yeah, six million dollars. You get a, 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 a the nicest vasectomy you can buy. Exactly. Um, yeah, let's go to winners and losers. And well, I, I think the so when we do the winners and losers, let's not just make it about today. Just make it about the trade deadline as a whole. So in other words, like I'll I'll start and I'll take an easy one, but just to sort of you know encompass the whole thing, and we can just sort of go around the horn until we until we run out of them. Um, Christian McCaffrey, clearly a winner. So predictable. I'm just sort of noting that we can utilize all the other ones. Uh, McCaffrey goes to San Francisco where he gets to play with a competent uh, offensive coordinator and head coach, Kyle Shanahan, competent play caller, excuse me, um, immediately makes an impact. Yes, they give up a lot to get him, but if it helps San Francisco and Jimmy, it helps Jimmy Garoppolo a ton. I think McCaffrey, big winner at the trade deadline because of how he's going to be used in just the upgrade from the Panthers, who were probably not going to be good for the next five to 10 years, to the 49ers who are good immediately. Reach. Uh, I will say TJ Hawkinson. He goes from the team with the worst record in the NFL that has no future and will probably be eliminated from the playoff race in like two weeks to a team that is actually competent, actually has a good offense, and could very well end up becoming a Super Bowl contender uh, in the Minnesota Vikings. So uh, it, it's a great ad for the Vikings, but a better ad or a better move for TJ Hawkinson since he gets to play for a playoff contender. I'm going to go with Kadarius Tony. That happened on October 27th. So doing the old Brinson retro trade details, Great. but we, hey, we haven't, we haven't really, yeah, we haven't really talked about that, but um, chiefs gave up a third round pick conditional and a, a six round pick both in 2023. The whole issue was replacing Tyree kill. Apparently they don't need to really replace Tyree kill, but I don't think they're happy with the way sky Moore's playing. We, we talked about Bayless Jones struggling to hold onto the football. Sky Moore's had those same issues as a rookie. And while he, can grow into that role as a slot receiver or whatever they want him to do. Kadarius Tony, when my man's healthy and motivated, can ball out. And we saw that each and every week during his last year of Florida. Didn't see that quite so much with the Giants. And it seemed like he and Dable and Shane were not on the same page at any point during their time together in New York. And we know Andy Reid has, has a way of getting the most out of players, wherever they're coming from. And I think Tony's going to be extremely successful. He may have to understand that he's not going to get every bass thrown his way, but winning, you know, as we like to say, fixes a lot of things. So in terms of today's trade, I'll say the Bears won. Uh, we talked about why with Chase Claypool, but I think that's a huge upgrade to that offense. Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback off that a little bit. I'm going to lump two quarterbacks together, Tua Tungavailo and Justin Fields. I think both of those guys for the 2022 season that's, are winners. They're two they're, winners. They're two winners, right? Yeah. What did I yeah, say? he's doing two winners. I did two winners. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm going in. So for those guys, not only do they get better options, whether it's be on the defensive side or offensive side of the football for 2022, but symbolically, I think both of those moves are signs from their franchises that they believe in them. And we've had questions about both of those guys going into the season, whether the Bears believe in fields with this new regime, whether or not this is a make or break year for Tua Tunga-Vailoa. I think the fact that Miami has given up first round picks shows that they are very much interested in what Tua Tunga-Vailoa is going to be beyond this season. And the fact that the Bears are adding wide receiver weapons after what we've seen from Justin Fields over the last two weeks, they believe in him right now. So I guess that means I can't go, can I go Bears or Joe Musso as a loser? Like, is that, is <laughs> sure, can. Um, in the behold. I'll, 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 all right, so, and, and you can go winners or losers either which way. I mean, I, I will say that, I mean, I agree that Justin Fields is a winner. I think Chase Claypool's probably a winner too, because now he doesn't have that competition at the, in the wide receiver room. Like he can go and be the guy, like go, go to Ryan's to Wilson's point, go and go and be great for the rest of this season. And you will get a big contract in the off season. Uh, I'll say a winner is uh, Bradley Chubb who goes from Denver where it was not looking 
things are not looking great, although you know they're not completely dead in the water. Um, to Miami, where I mean, one Florida, I mean Denver, Colorado is awesome. Denver's awesome, but you know you get to go to Miami. Football players like being in Miami, um, and Bienvenido Miami. Is that the song? It Thank is. You. Yes, that uh, predates the fax machine. The um, fact that the Dolphins traded a first round pick for him is to me a very clear indication that he is going to get that they are willing to pay what what his asking price is in terms of contractual demands aka they they value his ability as a pass rusher not only not, not only right now but also um you know in the future and I think they'll give him a big old contract uh breach how about a, uh, Ryan Poles is a loser by the way we'll just do, we'll just do one round of losers Ryan Poles is a loser for me Gave up too much for Chase Claypool. I don't. I think it shows a fundamental misunderstanding of exactly how to value draft capital. So I will say you're a loser. That way, breach. Whew. Uh, my loser is Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Mm. You got outbid for Chase Claypool. You didn't add a receiver. You didn't improve your offense. Uh, and you know what? So I think we were talking about earlier if we thought Aaron Rodgers would be upset by this. I am sure we will find out later this week when he does his weekly interview because, as we always say, there is no one more forthcoming on this earth than passive-aggressive Aaron Rodgers. And if he does not approve of the fact they didn't make a trade, he will passive-aggressively let us all know that uh, in the next day or two. You're a Passive aggressive recognizes passive aggressive. That's what I'm hearing from you, Breach. Fair uh, enough. Hey, no one knows it better than me and Aaron. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go uh, a little off the uh, out in left field here. I'm going to say a loser. The loser, uh, a loser is the Denver Broncos because they now they have this 2023 first round pick. They're going to have to pick a quarterback because I don't think Russ Wilson is going to magically turn into to good Russ Wilson, and they're going to have some decisions to make uh, in six months' time, Sully, about what to do with this quarterback position. Now, look, yeah. they'll get better with the first round pick. Don't get me wrong; if they go another direction, but the conversations that we may have to have about what they're going to do makes them a loser for me. Yep. You're a Sorry, Prisco. I, I forgot to get. I got in the way. <laughs> I, know, I, was, I, was, I was like, I wonder if Sully's going to realize that Prisco. Oh, you get muted when Pete comes on somehow. Oh, which is okay. Terrible. Well, by well, the way. That's exciting. Yeah, go that's good. Uh, I'll, I'll go a loser for me. The Detroit Lions. Clear sign of the last couple of days that they are knocking on the door on a full fledged rebuild, moving on from T.J. Hawkins and firing the defensive backs coach. It feels like it's inevitable that Dan Campbell is going to get fired at this point if the things are trending the way that they are. And then you'd have the conversations about Jared Goff and, and whether all that's going to happen. So for me, Detroit, Detroit Lions fans, it's, it, it, you've seen better days. Or maybe you haven't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, win. <laughs> You're a loser. <laughs> it's a podcast, but we just play Pete yelling loser over and over again. All right, that'll do it for us. Breaking down the trade deadline. The wildest trade deadline day in NFL history. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow with the Brady Quinn Football Show. Much more to unpack after the trade deadline for Breach, for Sully, for Ryan Wilson from Syracuse, New York. I'm Brinson. We'll see you guys later. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.